Welcome to the Front Porch. I'm Michael Daniels, and I'm here with your awesome co-host, Lord General Dennis Rogers. How are you doing today, General Rogers? Uh, not too bad. Recording a couple days late again, but uh, doing all right. Hey, we get it out. We crank it out on time. That's how it works, right? So we got somebody special guest here today with us, uh, Mr. Michael Trotsky. Hey, how's it going? So Mike's uh, a mutual friend of ours. Um, he's been a long time uh, gamer. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Mike. Just some some highlights. Uh, well, I'm into like startup stuff and startup culture, investing, things like that. Uh, but I also, for fun, am super into board games um, and uh, this thing called Hoosier Gold, which is tailgating. Um, so I try to have some fun hobbies as well as being super into business stuff. So you have, uh, I don't know, we've been playing what games since 90s, early 90s, late 80s, even before, right? Yeah, I mean, we played D&D as kids. We played a lot of Street Fighter 2. We played uh, some Magic. We were cool oh, kids man. for sure in high school, obviously. <laughs> we were definitely the cool kids. I know. Everybody <laughs> was at our table. Um, how, how far back so, do you guys go? Oh man, eighth grade. Well, grade? yeah, I was think I think yeah, it was softball. I think in like eighth grade, maybe maybe early ninth, eight, late eighth, early ninth. I think grade. Hey, you're not supposed Way to tell too long. anybody anybody that I was into the sports at any point. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, you saw me play, so you knew that I wasn't, even though I showed up. Like me swinging at a softball is is comedic. Those were some moments. I mean, uh, I remember Mike was an excellent catcher, excellent catcher, not the <laughs> yeah, best thrower. Because I didn't have to move, catcher. right? Yeah, so we put it. So our, our our coach put him at first base. So he was just like bam, and he caught it every time. He was good. <laughs> you could have gone pro with that. Uh, so it's it's kind of important to note that the front porch is actually named after Mike's front porch. That's uh. It's the best feature uh, it, of the house. It is well, next the best to the, feature of the house. Next, no, next to the game room and bar, but then the front porch. So it's the third best feature of the house. Right. You have a bar, like a full-on, like, do you have a pole in it and a, and a whole thing? <laughs> no? Not yet. I've tried. My wife okay. said no. That no, was, that was, that was on, on the, the Nick's list. Um, but no, the, the front porch is, uh, when did that kind of start? I'm trying to think, was it at that house or did you, have you always had that kind of after gaming? Well, I mean, there's always like chit chat after playing board games, especially with our group of friends who get, uh, you know, very, are very competitive. And, uh, so there has to be a debrief because we've angered each other probably during the game session. So we have to like become friends again out on the front porch. So, uh, there's always been that. We had that patio at the last place that we did that in some. But when we looked for a new house, like that was actually what sold us on this house. Like we walked out and we were like, oh, dude, this is sweet. We will use the heck out of this. And basically the only thing it gets used for is f- to freak out Betsy with us being too loud in the middle of the night out on the front porch. <laughs> but right. uh, but but it really has come into its own here at this new house. Or using your trees for inappropriate purposes. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's it's kind of a, a a really fun, interesting recap kind of environment where we just go over stuff. And I know when Dennis was in town, that was something that like, I don't know, I guess it's just a bonding thing that we all have. And you may not know somebody, but you spend some time out on the front porch 
and I got to know Dennis. I mean, just, I mean, from a lot of other different things, but that's, I wouldn't say that's, a, that's how we met. That's not how we met, right, Dennis? I think we met before then, but probably, was it just at Mike's I think you, you started coming around at some point a few years ago before we started the, the Pathfinder thing. Like and a stray cat that won't go away? Yeah, and the rest of us came to discover that you weren't as bad as Mike said. Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> you wait, they've kind of discovered the other way recently since you left. But I uh, love that. We have a, we have a photo. Uh, I can't remember all who's in it. Um, but of, you actually had Fox on the show too. Of Fox before he left town on the front porch, all of us sort of locked in arms is like one of my favorite photos. Nice. Um, we were all sad that he was leaving, but yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely some nostalgia to it. Um, and we've only been here for five years, but a lot of awesome things have happened out there. Well, we definitely don't uh, uh, feel bad about ripping off the, uh, the the front porch theme. Dennis and I don't. Uh, we're t- totally okay with that, uh, whether you like it or not. So, <laughs> oh, I think um, it's awesome. Uh, but we, yeah, that's kind of how we, we go here and, and, and continue that that thing, even though we still have it on Tuesday nights. Um, you know, it's a, it, the same kind of a conversation that, that we have here, and uh, we that well, spirit, so, somebody uh, left town and didn't move back like they were supposed to. I don't know to, who so. that was. Yeah, that's right, still exactly. in the works. Right, yeah, so so we have to do it virtually. I th- no, I think it's cool, and I actually think it's cool that I can listen to these podcasts and hear what's going on with Dennis. That's yeah. kind of cool. Keeping up with the the general. I have a lot of thoughts. Although you maybe things. you're maybe you're a colonel, you have to graduate to general next year. I think he seems yeah. more like a colonel, but that's he, just me. He does. Colonel Colonel Rogers. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm just a pup sergeant. Is where I am. Um. Okay, so hey, let's 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 jump right into a couple of things. I know that you've got a lot of interests, and we were not going to be able to hit them all. Maybe another time when you uh, a guest in the future. But uh, there's some kind of things that I know that are almost characteristically you that Dennis and I have had discussions about on the sides, and bringing you in on them uh, will be the great match that lights the fire. I think, <laughs> um, which which is great. Uh, so the first topic, since I've known you. You've been one of those guys that has been on, I mean, I can only describe it truthfully as the bleeding edge of things. And, and I don't say that in a just a, I don't know, you know, saying, oh, he's on the bleeding edge. What I mean is that that's been your interest, things that are not even out there yet. I mean, just I remember coming over to you and your dad working on things that were like, hey, this is the new thing out. This is the that's just happening or prototypes are the things that you've always been into. And, oh, and yeah. I can't. I can't say that when they're out of that stage, if it holds the same kind of sway uh, as something that's brand new and shiny. I used to drive my dad nuts. I don't know if you remember those big computer shoppers that were like the size of a phone book. And we we would get those constantly and like dig through them for like the newest parts. And we were assembling PCs and stuff. Um, I remember my dad was like so annoyed with me being so fascinated with whatever was new that he tried to convince me to just hold on for six months and then look at all the computer shoppers six months later. And when I would get excited to buy something, it'd be half the cost, right? Because I'd always <laughs> want to buy things right when they came out, you know? It's uh, part of the reason I get onto, I think I got sucked into like, even like baseball cards and and magic cards and stuff like that because it was like, there was always something new, you know? You're opening a new pack. It's like new, 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 new mechanic, new thing, you know, in your face right. constantly. Um, and yeah, I've totally, I'm totally into that. 
Um, you know, that, that, go, that goes to your uh, startup passions too. I'm yeah, assuming. exactly. It, just, it goes right into that. That's just a way to uh, make money doing the same damn thing, right? So, so in, in games, I mean, there's always in the past been things like betas, alphas, if you ever get into them, some kind of testing like that kind of stuff. But uh, in today's modern age, you can get into the planning stages of games. You can get into small independent things with a little thing called Kickstarter. Yeah. How, how are you with that? I mean, are, are you a Kickstarter user? I mean, user? I, I buy too many things, right? Uh, I have, <laughs> yeah. I have acquisition disorder, for sure. I think Dennis, Dennis, what did you, you call a candy bar? When I go into a store and then I just like buy a random item. That, like that a, goes back to, um, I want to say Guitar Hero or <laughs> Rock Band yeah. or something. <laughs> like the group of us, when I used to work for you, we went out to lunch and then on the way home, we quote unquote swung into Best Buy and you bought some like $100 gaming peripheral. And yeah. we, we joked that you grabbed it as if it were a candy bar. <laughs> now, for several of us, that's our that's our uh, euphemism for that kind of. Hey, we got we got a lot of good. We got a good a lot of good play out of that rock band and guitar hero stuff for a while. Oh, there. yeah. Rock that band was, was rock band was great. I miss it. Yeah. You know, I got to say, there's so many ups and downs to that. I was, oh, this had to have been 15 years ago, I think, um, when uh, my now ex-wife was looking at to buy me a new piece of technology one time. And she went to Mike to uh, find out what she should get. And she he steered her to, towards, God, I wish I could remember. It was kind of like a, a gaming mobile gaming palm pilot type thing and Man, i don't remember this at all oh was it an engage uh, please please it can't be an engage uh, i you know what? i still have it somewhere but i don't i don't think it was i'd, I'd recognize if i remember it. i'll have to bring it back out but i mean it was it's a nice piece of hardware and it was cool and what it is what it is is now i don't know a, a basic precursor to modern iphones i mean it's it it was had the ambition to play games. It's to, like my Flinix, or, Dennis. Yeah, I was going to ask. Do you remember my Flinix? But, but I knew that was I, further. For, that's not 15 years ago. No. Yeah, and I, and I, like I got this ago. thing. I got this thing, and yeah, it might have been 10. My times are all off. But anyway, this, this thing I got was amazing. It was full of promise. I mean, it, it was like on the box. It looks amazing. It's, it's so cool. They even used them in uh, the TV show Stargate Atlantis for their like walking around pads. Those are the things they had. Um, but it, it, it had all of the things of a smartphone when smartphones weren't out yet. I mean, it truly did. The problem is, is that smartphones weren't out yet. So nothing was supported. They didn't have ways to make email actually work on that thing. It was just like, hey, we're building the foundations for it. And right. I think Duke Nukem or something was the only single game that ever came out on it. <laughs> um, but it was supposed to be built like that and under ARM technology and stuff. So this awesome, bleeding edge, amazing thing ended up being a very expensive paperweight. Yes. And it was great for a month, but... I have a few of those. Me of I mean, the, it reminds me of the first uh, Palm Pilots that did wireless communication or whatever i forget it was like the palm yeah the palm seven or something palm that, seven uh, palm seven was it the seven it's the one that used the pager network yeah so i think yeah. it was before the seven maybe i don't remember now was it i don't know 
I had a handspring and those visor. Were early smartphones. I had a handspring nice. visor with the phone attachment. That was probably the most impractical thing ever. Like the handspring <laughs> visor had a little thing on the top that you could stick like a phone cartridge thing in that was like this big bulky thing. Uh, and you know, it, it, the speed on the data was like next to zero. Uh, but man, I had that, uh, my, my business partner, Brad had one too. And we were so freaking cool. We both, we were the only people to have them. Right. But yeah, they were worthless. <laughs> right. They were definitely it's like worthless. The, it's like the modem in war games that you have to put the phone handset on top of. Well, I was say it, it made me think of my first tablet. Uh, I had a tablet computer in 1993, I want to say, 92. It was a 386SX 16 megahertz tablet with a LCD. It was just black and white screen. It wasn't even black and white. It was like it didn't have a backlight. So it was just like screen color with lines on it. Uh, and it had a pen. It had Windows 3.1 for pen. Uh, oh, that was 95. I know when that was. You Because you showed it to me at some wedding reception well, or something. Well, I kept it. I kept it. Oh, God. <laughs> I kept it. it yeah. So I had it. In, I had it. I got it in like before I left for college. That's why I know it was like maybe like 93. And then it was like my main PC in college because I just I ended up not using like a tablet, but I just like put Linux on it or something and like set it. So I had it for several years. It was like my main computer, but I didn't use the tablet function because, you know. That stuff was nowhere near usable. Like that was pre-Newton, like pre-Apple's first attempt at like the tablet. Like it, it was not a usable piece of technology, but it was awesome. And I got it for cheap actually because it was already – it was like dead on arrival. Like it came out and people are like, <laughs> no, yeah, no. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, hey, so so to your credit, a lot of these things, even the things we're talking about right now and all, and all these what I don't know, might be considered failed things, I still think that – it's important to note that I kind of don't want to say this on air, but you were right on a lot of those things. <laughs> you were right. I mean, you, you, the tablet, you had a tablet and you were amazed by the tablet. And I think a lot of it, as soon as we're done novelty. with this, as soon as we're done with this podcast, I am editing that and putting it <laughs> on my phone so that when we're on the front porch, I can just hit the button and it'll go, you were right. You were right. right. <laughs> just wait till next week. You'll love it. You just remember <laughs> it's going to be in the speakers. Well, yeah, so a lot of that, um, I mean, it happens. It comes through. And and while the, that thing may be a piece of paperweight, that thing I had is what is now. And it's done better and everything. The tablet you had is the tablets are things. Right. And that was 10 years ago, if not 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. It's 20 years ago. So a lot, I guess to your credit, a lot of those things were right. I guess what I kind of want to ask is... What's your percentage of things that are wrong? Look, like, I mean, the way I look oh, I, at it, it is I have a ton of fun with this stuff early like that. And yeah. I get value out of the whole thing. I mean, we, you know, I had this, uh, we I, we kind of mentioned that earlier, the Flinix, which was named by Dennis. It was a little Linux thing that was the size of like a phone at the time. And it didn't, it wasn't actually a phone, but I love that Wait, thing. Dennis I, I Flinix, played with what, it. What is that? Not a phone. It was like... Like the size of a Nintendo DS, yeah, or something. And what was it? Was it was it fake Linux? Is that how the name? I don't, hey, no, hey, I thought it was something to do with it being like a phone, but wasn't a phone. Oh, I think that phone, was, I thought that, phone Linux. Maybe that that's right what it was. But you used to make fun <laughs> of the thing all the time. But I had so much fun with it because it it was this little teeny device uh, that just basically was like a little screen. 
and it had Linux on it. And of course, Linux was not like ready for touch screens. And I mean, it's still not, to be honest, <laughs> uh, but like, right. you know, like, like it wasn't, it wasn't really ready for that stuff. And, but I just, I mean, I just played around with that thing constantly, like installed different things on it, tried different things. The size of the screen wasn't right for most things. And like, but I had a really good time just hacking around on it and thinking about what you could do with it. So for me, I get value out of it, even when it becomes a paperweight, just because I enjoy that stuff. Right. So right. I don't know how you describe the hit ratio because, you know, lots of things um, I still get value of that aren't, you know, ultimately successful. Um, but I mean, a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I got to, I got to get in early on, you know, things that become big deals. I mean, like I was even, even back in high school, I was fortunate enough to like gravitate towards, uh, you know, I don't know if you remember like Mr. Wonderlick's chemistry class where I got to go to university of Illinois and see early versions of the internet when I was in high school. And like some of that stuff has been super valuable for me to, to be on the cutting edge of it. So you know, when, when you do, when you end up doing for a living, what I do, which is evaluate new startups, uh, it's, it's obviously a good skill to develop. And I think of all that stuff as sure. just part of me developing that skill, you know? Sure. Hey, so let's bring that back into the board game realm. And, and I kind of, I don't know if I've got a sense from this from, from you, Dennis, did, are you a Kickstarter person? Have you backed many or well, I've gone do you through peruse Kickstarter for that? Uh, so so my personal personal journey sort of works like this. I, I lived in Bloomington and when I lived in Bloomington, as a general rule, I didn't really buy board games. The only board games I bought were ones that I was absolutely certain that I enjoyed and that members of my family would enjoy. <clears throat> okay, that that sounds like the backside of what Mike's was. Mike was like on the front of that and, and you can see that, right? With well, him. well, sure. Oh. And because I lived in Bloomington with you guys, any other game that either, you know, I didn't have family members who would play or was like Cards Against Humanity or something that I don't think too many people want to play with their parents. Um, <laughs> there, there was no, I don't know, maybe <laughs> there was no real reason for me to buy it. I made and my mom. So, I made my mom play with me just just for the record. <laughs> I mean, I, we have played it with family, but it's always a little very uncomfortable, uh, un, uneasy. Actually, um, that's a, that's a great <laughs> example, right? So, I was one of only like what seven hundred and sixty eight backers of the original Cards Against Humanity Kickstarter, and obviously, yeah, I, I was I was so I, freaking cool because I had it, and people I were like. Tell oh. that I tell that anecdote sometimes. I'm like, you know, Trotsky kickstarted this, and they're like, of course he did. <laughs> of course <laughs> they did. know you at all. But yeah. right, but anyway. But so the other side is then when I when I moved when I when I moved up here closer at the time closer to my family. Now more of them have have moved themselves, but um, I anticipated playing a lot more games with them as I did when I just came up to visit. That ended up not really being the case because. You know, just the way that you prioritize time when someone's visiting versus when they actually live there is a little different. But oh, yeah. for that first year or two that I was back up here, I kickstarted a lot of games. And Kickstarter, to me, is sort of like buying yourself a present in the future. Or okay, sure. It's, it's a little <laughs> bit, and, and I say the same thing about um, those box subscriptions that give you random stuff. 
like loot crate and things like that it's like you're buying yourself a gift because you're paying for it but you don't know what it is and so you get to open it and be surprised oh yeah that's sort of how kickstarter is because at least with board games because like i see a game and i maybe watch a review or someone who i know has similar taste to me also backed it and then i back it well by the time the campaign finishes and their production finishes depending on how much they overshot their goal it might be a year or two before they actually ship that and so i'll just randomly get a package in the mail and i'm like what is this oh it's that <laughs> game i kickstarted you know 18 months ago my entire and office then... like waits for the postal man to bring something because you know i get things from kickstarter i don't know what they right. are Today I got my costume, my parrot costume for Halloween, and everyone thought it was a board game because it came in a big box. And like literally, it's like the office is trained. They're like, "Ooh, what's this one?" And then I open it up, and it was a parrot. <laughs> but like, like normally, you know, because yesterday I got King's Road, right? And the day before that, you know, whatever. Um, so usually there's like a little opening ceremony at the office, and it's a, yeah, it's a surprise. It's awesome. An unboxing, an, an unboxing, unboxing moment. Yeah. How? how- how often do you kickstart a game and then end up disappointed in the game? That's a good question. You know, I, I've been backing less, right? So I think I've backed like 115 projects or something. And I probably backed 60 of them like right away, like in the first you know year. I was just like backing all the time. I've been backing less partially because I've been getting a little bit better at like guessing success rate and guessing like whether or not I'm going to like it. Um, sure. So I've, I've, I've gotten a little better at that. The other big problem is I just, at this point it's game in game out for me. So like for me to back something, I have to look at it and say, okay, I would get rid of something I already have because, you know, when we moved into this house, we agreed to the size of the shelving area and it's, 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 it's large enough. Uh, but you know, now I've filled it and my game room is stacked with games and I'm constantly trying to figure out how to get rid of games so that that slows down my uh, rate of purchase, but so at this point it's pretty good. I mean, you know, and again, it's another one of those things where I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, you lose some money at it, but I get a lot of entertainment value out of it. So for me, I'm okay buying a game and then on Kickstarter getting it, and then maybe you know I have to trade that. I, I sell that at Gen Con the next year and for half price. But if I got three or four plays out of it, and we enjoyed it. That's that's okay for me because. Um, it was still fun, and I I really enjoy. It's kind of like we were talking about earlier. I like I like new mechanics. I like seeing new mechanics. So I, again, I get joy out of it. In many cases, regardless. Now, obviously, there's some serious duds in there too. But um, I feel yeah. like yeah. I think, How often? I think we talked last week about game mechanics a little bit because um, AEG in particular has started doing uh, mechanics with the transparent cards, which is not new. They've oh, had yeah. it in Gloom for. Quite a few right, years. right, right. My according yeah. to my account, I'm at 51. So I mean, wow, back. So, yeah, so, so, you, so not that's too impressive. Bad. What what sort of process do you go through if you if you see something like? Do you watch the videos that they post on the campaign? It probably has gotten more involved now that you're you have this I'm you, sort of deterrent of one in one out. Well, I have uh, you know, I, I have the board game in particular Kickstarter page like bookmarked so occasionally i'll just go like look around but what i've noticed lately um is i watch a lot of 
sort of YouTube board game reviewers. Um, so a lot of it is some of those guys do paid previews. So I'll see a paid preview. Some of them I trust only take paid previews of things that are pretty good. So I'll see that and then it'll drive me to a Kickstarter or I'll be listening to a podcast and there'll be a segment on what's new on Kickstarter on it. And that'll drive me to a Kickstarter. So I feel like a lot more is going that way. We're used to like, like it's part of my daily routine. I, I get up every morning and I look at what's new in the app store and I look on like Product Hunt, which is for startups and stuff. There are like routines. Kickstarter used to be in my like daily routine, and it's it's backed off from that quite a bit. Like I don't look at it every morning like I used to. Um, you know, I, I got to say though that some of that might be also, I mean, your your limitation of that first in or one in one yeah. out is also because you actually I know from personal experience that you have several games that are good and you know verifiably that they're good and that your group likes them but you still have not had that that time for us to go through them so you have i guess you're building up quality shelves there that shouldn't be out yeah there's a back there's a backlog of good games and i often look at my shelf and i'm just sort of like man i want to play that and i want to play that and i'm not ready to get rid of that so it's hard for something to come in you know um, and particularly like some more like novelty stuff. I used to back stuff that I thought was just, oh, this is dumb. I want to see what this looks like. I've, I've backed away from that a little bit. Um, you know, like I got King's Road this week and it's one that I'm questioning. It's by Reiner Knizia and Vincent Dutre did the art. So it's like my favorite designer or at least historically favorite designer, probably my favorite board game artist. I backed it just because those two things were true. And I, I don't know. I have a feeling that maybe it's going to be one that we don't, that doesn't stick around. Um, but because of those two things, it was enough for me to be like, I want to try this out. And so we'll give it a shot, but it may get replaced, you know, that's, and I'm okay with that. It doesn't, I don't, it, it, it doesn't really make me angry that I got a game that I end up not keeping. That's cool. So, so I have to, I have to own it or fess up that, this conversation is good for me because I my total package on Kickstarter is two. Sweet. So Dennis had like 50-some, <laughs> and you're like 2,000. Is, is two. one of them Hoosier uh, Gold? That is one of them. So One of them is uh, our tailgate. No, I mean, for for, 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 for games. Oh, okay, I mean. okay. uh, but I, I, um, I'm always hesitant for this next question, and I, I'd really like both of you to answer honestly so that I can at least get a taste of it. How many... How many have you got that have been utter disappointment? So you've been burned, I guess, where it's like, I paid X amount of dollars for that and it's still not freaking come or they just took your money and ran. What's your percentage there? Both of you guys. I don't know that I pay close enough attention to know if one never fulfilled, which says more about me than anybody that runs Kickstarters. <laughs> I actually um, do, do do the little checkmark thing. You know, if you go to your, if you go to the list of, previously backed projects there's a little thing where you can check that you received it oh, and i i, I keep tra- this i actually keep <laughs> i actually keep track of how many i have haven't received for some random reason uh for the most part i have gotten everything i ordered a set of pen- <laughs> a sort of pencil dice that never came and i have no idea why uh w- w- so it's a pencil and you roll it and you know it 
I don't know why I even backed that, but it was five dollars. And then for whatever reason, I never got One Night Ultimate Werewolf, which was actually a good. I mean, holy crap! It's it's a game. that's that's in that's in Target. I saw that in Target. No, I know. I backed it, and and I don't know if some kind of address problem happened. I contacted them, and they said they sent it, and I, I haven't figured out what happened with that. Um, but I don't think I think that was just a you know a rare case situation. Not that they bombed out. Most people got theirs. Uh, the only game that I know of that I backed at any that really kind of pissed me off uh, was Grow. It was this game that I was going to put in the office. It was estimated to be delivered in like 2015 or something. Is that the game where you build a tree? Yeah, you build like a tree. And I was like, this is really cool. Like, I'm going to set it up in the office because our company was called Sproutbox. And so, like, it had this sort of tree-ish theme, leafy kind of theme. And I was like, oh, this would be cool. It's a display object. And yeah, they just just took my 80 bucks or whatever, and I never heard from them again. But I would say that's really, you know, I mean, that's maybe, that's that's one or two out of like 100 here, you know? So the that's that's not usually what happens. Now, I've gotten a lot of games that I think suck. That's happened. But... Yeah, that's an easier... Yeah. That's an yeah. easier test. For me, that game was poop, the game. <laughs> You're just saying that was poop. I, we played it. it. We, I tested it with some of the guys the, um, like three years ago, Gen Con. The estimated delivery was May 2014. So it was the year we had the big loft with no air conditioning. Oh, we, yeah. We oh, played yeah. one game of it. It was I pledged $18 for two copies, and it was just like a poop-themed Uno. Like it was, Ooh, sounds great <clears throat> for nine dollars. That's not outrageously not to, expensive. To... Like I've never, I don't think backed any board games that I thought were quote unquote overpriced. So I've never been particularly disappointed as far as value. It's more just a question of, does it fit with the group that I play with? Not that to tangent any on this, but I, that, that same time that loft thing was the first time that, so yeah, you got you. You had me play Smash Up. Is it? I think it was with you and David and Andrew, probably. And and that's the first time I ever played Smash Up, and I freaking love that game. I never got I never got into it as much as I had wanted to after that time, and I'd bought some things. But I, I know you had a little bit more built in people. But that one experience was really fun. And it was fun. Not that, I'm actually you know, looking through my Kickstarter right now, my backings, and the only thing in here that I've seen so far that just really annoys me is my Ouya. Like that was yeah. that was a hundred that was one hundred and thirty bucks of nothing, was, and it even it even looks like a it even looks like a paperweight. It's perfect. <laughs> it's just a cube, just a black. Cube. Yeah, exactly. I would I would put that on my desk all the time and use it for that just for that. It's a hundred and thirty dollar paperweight you got there. Oh, this is another one, Tabletopia that I spent a hundred dollars on. Uh, oh wow, that's a big one. That's a that's a. Uh, a multi a board game like interface thing, isn't it, where you can play lots yeah. of games on it. Supposedly. Yeah, I thought I had this. I mean, it sold me on this beautiful vision. Like we have all these guys, like Dennis and other friends of ours, that have you know played games with us and then moved out of town. Very transient community Bloomington is, and I just thought, oh, this is gonna be awesome. I'm gonna get this digital platform, and we're gonna like dial in. And yeah, I I have never played a game on Tabletopia. Not. Is it I mean, like, I've got um, it there and played around, but I. It's yeah. It's like tabletop simulator, kind of. Like tabletop simulator. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I did the demo of it. It was, yeah, it is what it I is. I mean, it, it was it, it was as good as you could probably do at that, but like, no one wants to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. My I mean, brother, the, part, the problem is, is getting got tabletop simulator about a month ago, and kept sending us screenshots for like you know a day, and he has a <laughs> he has a pretty quote unquote tight group of of video gamers uh friends you know group whatever and so they they probably get use out of it but i'm like i don't know it's kind of it's not it's not super expensive but it's not like candy bar cheap for what it is and yeah so i've never tried it you know things like that though work really well when you have a group of people do it like like hey we're all going to invest in this software or this online game um yeah thing i like to point out with that is like yeah, right. Oh, yeah, exactly. And MMOs. Yeah, totally. I think you had just gotten, man, we're really tangent if I bring this up, but you and Zahn had just gotten in, just gotten in, starting to get into Destiny, the new Destiny. I mean, talking so about that's, it just for today. Talking about it. Right. But I mean, that's, that immediately sparks in my mind, like, oh, that's, that's what I like that. I love that, that kind of community gaming type environment. And when you have, you know, you could do with Fantasy Grounds is another example. It's like, that's a great software, but how great is it if you're the only one that has it? You know, or you backed it, this thing, and you're the only one that cares. So the big the big Kickstarter that I'm, uh, I'm waiting on right now is my smart glasses. Did I tell you guys about that? No. About what? I'm oh, super dude, dude, nerding out dude, on dude, any of that. Dude, dude, uh, dude. I'm so sad <laughs> because they were supposed to come in July originally and like i waited to get new glasses for way too long uh even though my prescription had changed because i was going to get these glasses and then finally they moved it to december (laughs) and now they're saying at the beginning of the year but uh i'm getting the they're called view and they are like they're basically like headphones inside of your smart glasses inside of your glasses so your glasses actually look like regular glasses so you don't look like what is it a, a glass hole um with the Google Glass, yeah, yeah, the, the Google, Google Glass. Glass stuff. Yeah, exactly. You don't you don't look like that, right? You look like you have regular glasses on, but then they have built into them. They have bone conducting audio in the back, so it actually goes behind your ear just like normal, but then can actually put sound into your head. Like a, they actually they have headphones that are like this, and they actually sound pretty decent. And then it's got a touch huh. surface on the on the sides, so you can you can like you know swipe or tap or double tap, like you can activate Siri and it's got a microphone like kind of right under your eye uh, that you can't see. It looks like regular glasses. So basically it's like when you have your glasses on, you basically have like a Bluetooth headset on all the time. Uh, oh, that's nice. And so, I guess it's uh, good for people who wear like glasses. This season of Doctor Who. So, so I can totally just like, <laughs> I, could, I can be sitting and talking to you guys uh, and just listening to a different podcast and you wouldn't even know, which is great. Why? Why? Why would you listen to any other podcast? It makes no sense. Well, I'm just saying I when I talk to that. people in real life, I mean, I podcasts are edited and always more, <laughs> more interesting. So I can just tune out people. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, but, it, you know, Betsy's probably not going to be a huge fan because that's my wife, because uh, I imagine that I'll be listening to the two of you guys ramble on instead of her rambling on. Instead of her, and she won't way. even know it. Right. The, it is going to get creepy though when I'm just sitting there staring off into space and I just tap my glasses and I'm like, "Hello, yeah, what can I do for you?" Like, I can't wait for that moment. Uh, I can't wait for that, <laughs> that time to happen. Yes, that, that'll, that'll piss somebody else who's actually off who's, who's thinking about talking to you or going to talk. It's to an you. exacerbated 
problem uh instance of the of the bluetooth problem or even even earbuds like when i used to oh, yeah when i used to make calls with my iphone back in the day uh yeah i would either hold the phone or hold the the mic part of the, the earbuds before i had bluetooth earbuds man i'm pulling all kinds of five years ago nostalgia <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to hold the, the mic part of the cable out in front of me so that it was more visually apparent that I was talking on the phone oh, and right. not talking to myself talking? like a crazy person. <laughs> that, that, all, all of that. And, and that's, man, that's, I want to put that down as a topic to talk about Dennis later on about like glassware and wearables. Um, definitely want to talk about that. Yeah, that's a social thing, I think. And someday we got to get over it and it's going to take a long time. I don't think we'll get over it. I think we'll just get to the point where devices don't look ridiculous. Like that's what, that's what the thing with this, like as cutting edge as you might say I am or whatever, like I tried on Google glass and I was like, I can't, I, even I can't do this. I can't be this guy. Right. And even Bluetooth, even Bluetooth (laughs) headsets, like I'm happy that they make them look like headphones, like those little headsets that like, you know, jerks wear uh like i just i couldn't do that <laughs> it's just general no, like people yeah no, people who just wear those around all day like what are you doing are yeah. you really that important right. can you not pull your phone out <laughs> like come on uh so but well, the truth is this is this it's the same thing it's just i don't look like a jerk well it's sort of it's sort of the opposite problem right like your technology is so camouflaged that now you look strange using it because it's not immediately visually apparent what you're doing Right, right. I look forward to that, though. That's my new nerdy thing that I'm just so sad every day. That's actually, I've been going to Kickstarter more for that. I keep, like, refreshing the page every day looking for updates. Like, when's this coming? When's this coming? When's this coming? I'll probably hate it. It'll be a paperweight, but we'll see. I'm super excited about it. I think it's good. Because I love listening. how I am. I love listening to podcasts. how I am with with Kickstarters. Like, I've, I've probably said somewhere in one of our chat rooms that, most Kickstarter campaigns are spam that you paid for. Mike, that's great. You published, you True. Filled, filled a bunch of boxes. That's cool. I don't care about that. Mark. Oh, Mark yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, so with money and, you know, investing money into, into a game or a board game or a technology or something, uh, you know, I don't know, investing money in games that were that came out full price uh, in the past. It's just how things were. If you wanted to buy Super Mario or Metal Gear or whatever it is, you go out to the store and you buy you spend sixty dollars on a on a game and that's what you have. Um, nowadays investing in a game and your entertainment takes a whole different kind of I don't know, strategy with your money. Um, online or or um, mobile games have a whole different kind of monetization to the way they make money and how they take money away from you. Um, I'm not sure if I'm a fan of it. I mean, I, I still want to say that I like buying a spending spending sixty dollars and getting my game, getting a quality AAA title game that the full thing. And even to this day, if a, a mobile game comes out and it charges me 10 bucks, I would much rather spend $10 or even $20. Actually recently I spent $25 on a full game where they're not going to nickel and dime me as opposed to paying a game that's free. And then at every 10 minutes, they wanted me to spend a dollar. Uh, it just drives me nuts and it totally ruins 
the game for me. I know I'm speaking very generally here, but <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting. For I, I can't think of it. I know, I know. I, I guess what I'm looking for here is that I can't think <laughs> of any game right now that does that free to play model that nickel and dimes you. That's like that was. I'm glad I spent X dollars, and I want to keep spending X dollars, and that was worth it. Have you played any? Have either of you played any game? Well, well you said last week that game. I should try to get you into Heroes of the Storm. So. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you, I guess that one. It's obviously, play, but it's a Blizzard game, so of course it's amazing. Obviously, you guys know that I still play Clash Royale every freaking day, and all right, I love it. And you've actually spent a lot of money in that game. Uh, you know, I haven't. I I don't think I've spent as much as it, well. I don't know. I don't track it. So, so, so <laughs> yeah, I know. I started to say I don't think I've spent as much as a AAA title, but uh, I I probably have. But I have not spent lots of money on it it's not like for the again from my perspective for the amount of time that i have played it i have spent very very little on it um compared hey, to other can things. i ask you whether a lot of that money has been on blind boxing is it been, i can't remember clash royale is is it like you spend money and then you open up a random pack of cards or a random thing no usually what ends up chest? happening for me is i've collected the cards that i want and I need a little bit of money in order to be able to pay for the upgrade. Or I would say most of the stuff I spent is when they do, it is blind boxing, but it's like they do the, they do deals, you know, and you'll be like, Oh, I can spend nine ninety nine and I can get all this stuff. You know, uh, the last thing. Oh, you're just blind boxing. That's exactly. Yeah. It yeah. It's whenever, even if it's a deal, they're still just getting you on right, that right. deal. Now the last thing they've been doing and the last money that I spent was I was like, I don't know what, 20 cards away from a level 10 giant and I was and they had a special where it's like you're guaranteed 28 giants in the box and it was still blind box but you're guaranteed 28 giants or something and I yeah. and that got me because I was like oh I can upgrade it to level 10 you know whatever so you were buying that one card I was buying that and I got some other stuff with it uh, but really again I don't spend a ton on there it's not like I don't I don't feel like it's it's draining me which is maybe why I like that one in particular uh, I can play a lot. I mean, particularly since they added two v two battles, like they don't they don't have any ranking or cost anything. You can just do it for fun. Like uh, I talk about my morning routine. Literally, the first thing I do when I wake up is play a two v two battle. Uh, it's like it wakes my brain up in the morning because I'm hard to wake up. So I'm like, oh, I roll over, and it's like my brain starts kicking in quicker as a result. And there's <laughs> and there's no real, you know, if you lose, so what? Like it doesn't matter in a two v two battle. I'm sure the person I'm playing with is I'm annoyed. I'm sure your teammate playing. appreciates. Yeah, that. my teammates loves that I'm half asleep <laughs> right. and have had no coffee and my eyes aren't working yet. Uh, but He's you know, spamming angry emotes. At you. <laughs> yes, exactly. you don't have your Google exactly. Glass on yet. Uh, but I mean, so that's but but I will say that's that's for me that's an exception. I agree with you, Mike. That I'm, uh, you know, I'm a huge advocate for uh, just because just because you can doesn't mean you should. So what's happened is you can now charge people incrementally across time in games because they're internet connected and there's payments on file and this stuff has happened. Uh, but that doesn't, and so obviously people are going to experiment with that, but that doesn't mean that you should and that that's the best gameplay experience for people. What, what, what do you mean by that in- incrementally? Um, well, you know, when, when Mike and I used to buy super Nintendo games, there wasn't any way for me to pay for, anything on my super nintendo oh i i see what you're saying it's just a, a general way of saying 
subscriptions or microtransactions both yeah. in one microtransactions category. right yeah. Yeah, like the you, the only thing that you could do is buy the game, and it had to be like completely finished and bug free, and then you had to purchase it. So it had to be priced that way. Um, now you can you know send out updates. There can be DLC. There can be you know all that sort of stuff. Um, and it makes sense that those tools are available, um, and so developers are going to experiment with monetizing that way. Uh, I mean, actually, what I do for work is work at a company that does subscription billing that's doing that for other in other areas that it, and, and usage-based billing and meter billing things that are uh, mostly for business applications but it's the same it's the same thing it's people trying out new monetization schemes and the thing is that's fine it's just if that fits with the game and the gameplay supports it that's uh, that doesn't bother me but a lot of people try to shoehorn uh, games that are you know like multi the that are an adventure style game with levels or something and they try and turn it into that when really what you want is to purchase the entire story and the entire experience at once because it's be like you know watching it's not fun to watch seven minutes of a movie you know that's not it's not that style of game like you need to see the whole thing yeah and so it needs to be sold as one unit well there's there's a whole there's a whole new model for, I can't think of the name of the company right now, but they do those. Oh, it's Telltale Games right. where they do, I believe it's yeah, them that does what, the, that like the Walking well. Dead and, and those different episodic games. They do yeah. mind story, Minecraft story mode. And, and they're literally like, okay, this is just the part. This is just chapter one. And now you have to pay X for it. Well, and that actually doesn't bother me. It's like episodes of a, of a TV show, right? It's like a story. Or, or like comic books. Right. That doesn't yeah, bother but, me. What bothers mm, me when you shoehorn something right. into like, you have to like, you know, to get past the next level, you basically to get to the rest of the story, you just have to like hang out forever and tap on stupid stuff or give me money. Like, just be upfront. Like, here's the deal. You're buying this episode. You're getting this much value out of it. Choose if you want to buy the next thing or not. I think this sort of tricking me into it stuff is, yeah, I'm I'm offended by that. But but you know yeah, why people just, are doing it? People are doing it because none of you fools will pay enough for a mobile game download. That's the problem. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you know I think there's 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 one part point and part in every episode we've had so far at least that where I get I'm just sitting in my chair and I'm a little emotional about a topic and I'm I'm just angered or I'm ready to I'm ready to just unleash and the dentist will say something stupid like uh you know it's like comic books and I'm like oh my god he's totally right and then it just blows my mind and I have to like <laughs> take a step back and ugh, I don't know what to say about that because I. I was totally ready to go for the, like, I, I think that's horrible and stupid. You shouldn't pay for episodic content. You should get the whole game. I was going to piggyback on that. But there is proof in other things that this is an okay thing, and we do that in a lot of other yeah, things. It's not like we haven't opened blind packs before, right? Like, how many how yeah, many magic blind packs then. have you opened in your life? I hated it then, too, though. Yeah, but you did it. <sighs> that That was the deterrent yeah. that kept me from getting into magic. For video games, it just depends on how it's implemented. Um, in the last week, week and a half, whatever, um, the sequel game to Shadows of Mordor came out. I, I oh, right, right. The sequel, Shadows of War. And, uh, and my brother, Andrew, bought it. He and I are the biggest gamers in our family in slightly different ways. But uh, he bought it right away and had been playing it. And so when I got back from my trip, I was like, oh, I should buy this. And I go on the website and I look at it and it's like base game, $60 or $70. Well, 
or you can do the game plus it was like silver and gold or something it was like 80 or 70 for the next one up or 100 for the for the the big one and the big one includes all the dlc and i went a brand new game has dlc right that's yeah that's not how this works no no that's not how any of this works Plus, plus <laughs> apparently works, there's right? some kind of loot box system. And so I looked at it on Steam. The Steam page says, like, overwhelmingly positive or whatever. And I scroll yeah. down to all of the... I, I haven't been on Steam for a while, but the reviews that Steam shows you first are the ones marked helpful. Every single helpful review was negative. <laughs> they were all thumbs down. <laughs> and they're like, totally it's this, it's this, right like... The game developer made a good game, and then Warner Brothers, the distributor or whatever, I don't know how that relationship works, like, added all of this BS monetization scheme. Yeah. Like, if if it fits with the model or theme of your game, like card pack opening or episodic content, like, that all makes sense. Or if it's a multiplayer game and you need revenue to maintain servers and matchmaking all that stuff like some companies do and have done that stuff for free historically like um, blizzard did with the first version of battle.net and starcraft but you know in the in 2017 you have to pay for rack servers and stuff to run stuff so Mm. if you've got a multiplayer game that makes sense this is a this is a single player experience on a computer that has a $60 base box price and then it goes up from there. Like, come on. I think, I I, I think your, your point is valid that that there is maybe some need for ongoing revenue for, you know, massively multiplayer or even two V two games and stuff that need to maintain servers. But I do think that need and all of that is sort of overemphasized by, I mean, it's, it's really Apple's fault. So my my, I like that. Let's blame it on Apple. Well, no, Let's my my, my view road. is Keep my going. view. My view <laughs> is what happened with Apple is particularly in their first versions of the App Store, they essentially put uh, number of downloads as the and it's still true number of downloads even in the paid listing. So they didn't have top grossing. They had uh, you know top paid apps top and top free apps. For- Top, top paid and top freed. Well, top paid was how many downloads, no matter the cost. So, and it's such a hits business where you know people look at those rankings in the app stores to determine what to buy. So what happens is everything races to the bottom. Everything has to be ninety nine cents, or it's never going to be at the top of the paid. Obviously, it's going to sell a ton more, and then it gets to the top of the list, and then it sells a ton more. It snowballs, and because of the way Apple displays top paid, it made everything immediately in the app store that could possibly be successful had to be 99 cents to be a paid app. And, and Mm. that, that just meant that this idea of you paying, you know, an indie developer, I don't think you should pay 60 if you don't have a cartridge or a disc to send and printing and distribution, you know, but, but an an independent app developer should probably make 20 bucks off of a game cell. And, you know, no one even like, that's that. That sounds like crazy talk in the app store now. Like, you know, people yeah. p- people threw an absolute fit that Mario Run was ten dollars, and guess what? I mean, <laughs> not only that, you got a ten dollar game. You didn't get you didn't get a full, a real game. Um, and so so, yeah. but that's partially because people don't 
think of the app store as a place to purchase games at reasonable prices. Um, and that combination of the hardware and the controls and all of that. I, I only tried Mario run for about a minute and decided it wasn't for me because of the whole reflexes thing. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't follow that story too closely. I mean, I liked it. Yeah, I liked the... it, but it wasn't great. You know, it wasn't, it was fun. It was cool on a mobile device to have a Mario game. Right. But like the, and, and each of the levels were fun, but I wish there, I wish again, I wish it was $20 and there was twice as much content, you know, but yeah, it, it didn't seem like it didn't seem like there was enough to the game right. itself. I think in, yeah, the, in, in a market uh, where Minecraft is $7. Right. Yeah. And it's got unlimited possibilities. The, I, I gotta say, I'm kind of torn on that. You mentioned about shipping with DLC. I mean, I, I, I agree. I want to pay for the game. I want I want to get the whole game. And I, and actually it's, it's, I, we all got to realize that it's not like they're, they're taking away from the main team's, uh, you know, interests to make this DLC They're They've got a team of 50 to a hundred people making the main game. And then they hire a sec- second team to make the DLC and then another team for the other DLC. So it's not really hurting. And I do like the fact that if I have a favorite game that I can pay for an add on. I, I I don't like that um, my favorite game in the 90s or whatever it might be never had a sequel or ne- I never got more to it, even though I played it over and over again. Um, so I, I do like it. I do like having that capability. I guess what what I'm not a fan of, man, I mean, that whole Apple thing, bring it down to a dollar kind of forces people to try to nickel dime everything. But I'm not a fan of like the time thing. Like, you know, let's 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 pay so i don't have to waste my time right yeah that's the classic i should have transaction sort of model it's like energy or whatever they well, call yeah. energy it's it's still just energy it's like it recharges you know at a certain time rate yeah. but you understand you, you do understand that that's just that's the arcade model that's a freaking quarter it's pay to play. It's like you show up. You didn't pay for the arcade machine and you didn't pay for the video game there. You show up and you put a quarter in and you can play it for a little bit, but not forever. So then you got to put another quarter in. That's I mean, that's just that model being replicated on your phone. No, not really, because you could put a quarter in Gauntlet and if you're good, you could play all the way to the end, which is 100% not true, of course. But I mean, if you're good at, at a lot of but, games, I know that was one yeah, of the what things if, that me and my buddy what uh, games, did all Yeah, the but time. what games did you spend the most money at the arcade on? Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat. I could sit down at a Street Fighter 2 and put a quarter right. in and win in like four minutes. Well, not <laughs> well, quite. Yeah. But you know what right. I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like I got a, a lot yeah. of play out of it. I mean, I remember sitting there and just trying to get people to come up and play so that I could keep going on my quarter, right? Because I was going to get to the end of the but, but you could, But you could play the whole game. Like, you could play the – theoretically, you could play the whole game on what you spend on the initial thing if you were uh, of a certain level. Now – now with that with the energy thing, you can't. Yeah, You're gated. Your time is literally. It would be gated. interesting to see a game and, that literally works like that, where like you you pay and then you go as far as you can without like dying or something, and then you you know you you basically are buying lives. I guess at that point, I don't know if anything really does that. At least not anything that's been popular. I mean, it's the same. It's the yeah, same I'm thing sure as energy. Just what Dan said. Everything's energy. Right. Yeah. 
but but the, the anyway the idea is that that it that whole concept and that whole thing which so many games do is feels like you know what you built your game intentionally to waste my time to make my time agonizing in whatever mechanic you're doing well yeah that's so that's that, the question like is it a is it a game game or is it a money game yeah it's t- like I, I play clash royale and now I want cards, but I cannot upgrade. I cannot upgrade and progress and get better because no matter how good your skills in that game, you still need a witch level three or whatever it might be. Well, the difference. I the have difference, to waste my time. The difference with Clash Royale for me is that even if you're not good, I still enjoy just the gameplay. So, like, even if my cards are not that high, it's like it's I I don't have to 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 be advancing. Like I can, I can win fifty percent of the time and lose fifty percent of the time and not move up in the rankings and still enjoy the play. At least I can, you know. Like, like I didn't, I didn't, sure. I didn't have to get anything to enjoy winning or losing at Street Fighter Two a thousand times, right? I'd won one and then yeah. I lost one and then I won one and I won one and I lost one and I lost one. Like that was okay, you know. I just enjoyed, I enjoyed the play of it. And what I'm saying is that these models are really, they're they're pay to play, except. What you're saying is wasting your time is just a freemium version of pay to play. So you're, the game is pay to play. Like you run out of ability to play. Candy Crush is like this. Like I never have played Candy Crush, but their business model is like you can play and then, you know, you need to do something to be able to play or you have to wait. Well, the or you have to wait, let's just pretend like that was gone. It's a pay to play system. They just happen to be giving you, if you wait long enough, they give you a little bit of free stuff over time. Right, so if if you thought yeah. of it in a different way, I think you would be less offended by it. Is what I'm getting at. True, uh, you know, you know, one of my favorite ways to have these kind of things, and this is a purely just personal, you know, taste. Um, I've said multiple times in the past uh, episodes here that I, I'm playing um, the Elder Scrolls game online, and uh, it is you pay sixty dollars for the game. I, I don't pay beyond a PlayStation membership do I pay a monthly fee for that game? And it's an MMO and it's great. I, pay, I think Guild Wars did. Yeah, the same how do thing. they do that? They just and keep releasing new, too. their idea is just to keep releasing new worlds that you have to buy. That's what Guild Wars did. Right? They do more expansions or they do. Does, does ESO have some kind of cash store? It does. And and that's you what I, I was going to say. Is that it does ha- whatever you can buy costumes, you can buy mounts, you can buy. Now you can't get all of that in game. It is only in the crown store. It's the same thing with Guild Wars. They're the same way. And and I get that. I'm totally okay with that. But nothing in their in their store gives any advantage. It's, it is all it's cosmetic. cosmetic. Yeah. That's and, the way that and, or that's the way that yeah. both um both League of Legends and uh and Heroes of the Storm work. Um now of course their their MOBAs or or Hero Brothers, they're not they don't have a persistent world or anything. Um Well you know and the I, most like, go ahead. I would say, you know, I, my argument would be that if you would pay sixty dollars uh, once a year for Clash Royale, they could do the same thing too. But nobody will, right? Mm, I don't know. I, I see. I, I, I kind of disagree with that. If their gameplay wasn't centered around wasting my time, so that they could, I'd want to pay more money to increase my time to get better at X, Y, or Z, or get more barbarians than I, to actually have a new deck. Yeah, if they made change their game and pay, I pay sixty dollars, and then now I can you know naturally get those things I need without having to waste my freaking time. 
the yeah. gameplay. Or what I would what I would skill, love more than anything, then, yeah, I would pay is, a, is Clash Royale or a game similar to that. I like the mechanics of it, the card, the building, the deck, the competition. But I would pay you know fifty bucks for it, and and of course other people would do it too that would play with me, which you know, or maybe we both play twenty five, right, or whatever. Uh, and I have friends who are also sure. doing it, and we're on there. And we all have the same cards and the same ability, and it's all just about building the best thing. But then they release a new expansion pack that you know uh, has the 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 now has the football mode in it, or the two v two mode, or you know something like that, or a new version from Street Fighter Two to Street Fighter Two Turbo Champion Edition, or whatever. And then I buy that again. Yeah. I would be fine with that. The problem with that ever happening in a mobile I world is that yeah. no one will pay what you just said sixty bucks, and then next year or two pay another sixty bucks. That a game you put it on the app store that's a twenty five dollar game and you will be laughed off the store. So you're never going to get that kind well, of. Yeah, content. I totally agree. Both both of the games I mentioned, um, League and Heroes, are both free to play, right? So there's no box at the beginning. They just fund it on cosmetics. It's maybe harder to do cosmetics in mobile because it's so small. But right. I'm, and I'm sure somebody has tried it. Like you pay and now your hog riders are. <laughs> riding mules or whatever i don't know whatever that's just, yeah, right. that's just off the top of my head the problem the problem with doing it in a multiplayer setting is that you don't cross over into pay to win like in the scenario you described mike everyone has the same game everyone has the same you know abilities and maybe you you know some people can grind more they have more time availability to acquire things not just skill acquire things in the game um the one sort of argument in favor of the the energy or time gating mechanic is it's sort of like and i don't know if it existed before this i always think that it started with um the first expansion to world of warcraft and their daily quests where when i played clash royale i would play my games for the day or whatever until my number of available chest unlock slots were full, whatever. I'm not, right, probably, right. Not, probably not using the right tech terminology there, but sure. Yeah. Um, you know, once those slots are full, you're like, well, I could keep playing, but I'm not really going to get anything for it. And so it's sort of a, it works both ways. Like when your energy meter is full, you're compelled to play because you're wasting quote unquote that timer. And then when, <laughs> yeah. that's another feeling I hate when you're, when you're, energy is is empty then you can't play anymore the advantage that the that the unlock slots mechanic has is it doesn't feel as it doesn't feel as penalizing it's like you log in and you have energy and you play and now you don't have any more but if you go yeah. the other way you're like okay well now i've played or won or done whatever i need to do to fill up this this unlock queue and now I can take a break. I guess, I guess so what I don't understand about... The psychology of it feels more satisfying. I what I don't understand about all that, like, why do you stop playing when your chests are full? Is the game for you to get chests? That's just a thing that happens to me. I play the game to play Clash in the screen. It's like, like I didn't get... I played hours and hours and hours. To, Mike D and I would sit around until we get to 99 turns on Street Fighter Two, and I had... It wasn't to get any chess. Like I was, I was playing the game to play the game. Like I, 
I don't, I, I don't understand that psychology at all. I don't share that. I, I play class rail when my chests are full or when they're not full, or I play because I want to lay down cards and try and blow things up. You know, that's what I'm playing for. Well, that's probably, that's probably what part of why I quit. Right. But, um, you know, there are a number of things going on there. We talked about this, um, was it last week or the, when, whenever Mike and I talked about, um, it's confusing. You guys are both named Mike. We talked about MMOs. Um, and I said that the, the, the sort of, I don't know if it's, if it's worst or even necessarily bad, it's probably, it's probably bad, but like the bad thing about an MMO or even a game like, like clash with the chest unlocks is you, you play a game and you have, in an MMO, you have this sense of accomplishment, like you completed a quest or you unlocked a mount or whatever. You did a certain thing, and it's a it's a sort of um, reward psychology mechanic or something yeah, that gets absolutely. people to play yeah. games when maybe they shouldn't be. You know, for me, uh-huh. I work from home, so it's nothing at all for me to tab over to my gaming pc from my work pc and knock out a quick game of of heroes or or something like that and 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 get something when i should be you know doing work that i'm getting paid for Um, (laughs) but it's like the the feeling you get from that in-game achievement is probably chemically very similar if not identical to the feeling you get from accomplishing something real quote unquote in the real world yeah which, which yeah, is had, the sort of this. danger of it. I, I, I got to say, I want to address the, the, the Clash comment that you made earlier, Mike. Um, yeah, you're playing it, but let's just put it this way. If you were playing Street Fighter back then and uh, Ryu didn't have his fireball unlocked uh, and you couldn't play it until you kept playing and kept playing or had to have chests and had to get enough chests to finally unlock his dude, fireball. Dude, I yeah, played you, for... I you, played... You, until I was able to unlock, being able to throw a dragon punch was like so many hours of me trying to do a freaking dragon punch. I felt unlocked right, for right. days. It was just skill-based. Right. But, I mean, for years. Right. But the thing is that you could do that. You had a drive to, to do that. There was still a drive to, to do and learn and, and to have that next kind of level of stuff. And, yeah, playing it is – but a game like Clash has – I can only my skills only get to get me so far, and I'm only going to keep losing until my witch gets level three. Or no, because you're playing up against five. other people I'm who just are not going to win. Comparable skill to you. That's the thing. Like you're on. It's a ladder system, so you, the people you're playing with uh, have similar card capabilities to you. I mean, I, I do. It is psychological. It's like you look at it and you're like, when you lost, you're just like, well, that guy had a level five witch, and I only had a level three, so that must have been why I lost. Well, maybe. But maybe you're better yeah. at it than they are, and and you're just they they're basically handicapped against you. Like when I would play Street Fighter with my six year younger sister, she would get to turn up the handicap all the way so that I could have a competitive game. That wasn't a bad thing to me. That allowed us to play against each other and sure. still have a good time, right? I don't, I don't know. Right. It doesn't seem that doesn't bother me. Here's here's one more thing on this topic I wanted to say, is that. To address the the expensive that they would never never pay X amount of dollars, so recently I got suckered in. I don't say suckered in. I I spent it openly. I, I've spent twenty five dollars on the the Pathfinder adventure game for the mobile device, 
And oh, you uh, did. it's it's not suckered. I, I paid twenty five dollars openly for the, the full game and all the stuff. I traded the um, board game and, away. And I don't so Yeah, right. But 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 it, it was fine. I, I knew what I was doing, and and I don't re- necessarily regret that. I think I, I, the thing is, I did get the full game. I have the full game, but I can play all the way through unhindered. And whether you like the game or not, I bought the whole game, and it was twenty five dollars. And I don't that's have the to money back. he never spent on uh, Kickstarter. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but I get the thing is the difference is that I got it immediately. Like I played the the, the twenty five dollars, I got it immediately. Um, but the, here's the thing: that game. The reason I brought up that up was that. That game had what you might call a trial area where you play, let's say there's 10 zones. You play the ten, the first zone for free yeah. and you're playing 10% of the game. And then you're like, okay, you did this. You you can continue to playing those same ones over and over again. But you, if you want to continue the story and continue on, uh, you pay Whatever money. happened to Shareware, and, and, man? Do you remember Shareware? <laughs> <laughs> that was a thing. Right. Like, that's right. That's not to not to derail your your because because Pathfinder. I played the first the first game. It's basically episodic content. What I've said this before, and more games have started doing it with like light or ad supported versions of games. But I think if you're going to charge, even I guess above average is the right expression for this. If you're going to charge above average for a game, it needs to have a demo. Like I got to know what I'm playing, and it can't be a BS demo like the game Brutal Legend starring Jack Black that was nothing at all like the demo. Hashtag. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think, I think a demo is, is, is appropriate. I actually, I'm a big uh, proponent of that when it comes to MMOs as well, that, that uh, I don't, I've never bought Final Fantasy, the online one 14 because, uh, I'm not going to spend drop sixty bucks and then another fifteen dollars a month on a thing that I don't even know if it's going to be. I was good or not. I was hoping on mobile can... that we would start seeing what you're talking about, Dennis. And and, it, and when they when they first did in-app purchases, I was like, okay, this is what we're going to see. We're going to see a lot of free games, and then there's going to be you know a thirty dollar charge inside the game. And what actually happened is. Everyone who got the thing, they put a $30 charge in it, and they all got one-star reviews because they're like, this game isn't even free. It rips you off. It wants $30 as soon as you get done with the first level, you know? And I'm just like, well. No. That's because they advertised it as free. That's why. It's, it's the Yelp problem. Well, there, there, it's yeah. not a categorization. They, I mean, they, they did. It's because Apple doesn't have a categorization for that. So free is the same as free yeah. with an expensive in-app purchase. So everyone, it's like expectation setting. Oh. Everyone's disappointed. But I actually think you're right. That's like, the model that I would love to see is I get to try it out and then... Demo demo is the same as light, is the same as free to play, is the same right. as ad-supported. Yes. Like it's all lumped in the same category when they're wildly different yes. monetization models. Yeah. So we're yeah. back to blaming Apple. And, and, you know, I was going to say, let's just, I'm so happy that that came back around to Apple. And we can, we can move off from money, realizing that Apple is the, the, the heart of all of our woes in the, the world. Um, hey, so let, let's, let's switch off. Let's take, let's take a break from games here. I actually got a little bit of technology thing since I got one of my technology guys on the line here in Mike. Uh, so I use a lot of, I use Chromecast. I mean, I, I took, I was a late adopter to Chromecast, but, um, you know, it's just a, a good price point on a thing and uh, I really enjoy it. Um, it has its limitations. Do you, it's candy do you use Chromecast or anything like that? 
It, it, what would you what'd you say, Dennis? I said it's candy bar. Cheap. Yeah, it's thirty five dollars. Candy bar cheap. Yeah, right. Perfect. Nice. Yeah. Uh, do you do either both of you have any kind of streaming? I know Dennis uses like a Plex thing, which I want to pivot into. Well, that's but... a different that's a different part of the stack. <laughs> right, but I I use it to cast to my Chromecast. Right. Right. What, what do you what do you what do you use, so... Dennis? Um. Let's see. I own both a Chromecast. Actually bought one of those bundles last year that has the Chromecast normal, whatever. The the regular Chromecast and the audio only oh, yeah. Chromecast. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Okay. I also have uh, a Roku... I want to say Roku 3. It's the, the smaller one that's not a stick that actually takes an Ethernet cord and has a little bit more power. You have anything against sticks that are like, you know, burning or <laughs> no, the HDMI yeah. stick, of course. It's it's just right. a little slow for everything that uh, yeah. that Roku tries to do. It has a full interface and everything, and to try to fit all of that in something the size of a Chromecast is a little bit overload. It's kind of slow. Rip. I said that right. I recently brought bought a smart TV for my for my bedroom, and I really went back and forth between one that had built-in Roku and one that had um, just like Netflix and the apps type stuff in it. Uh, I just did not know what to think about, you know, the Roku system or anything about it. Do you, do you like it? It, to me, it depends on what you're looking for. Um, I should also mention that I'm staying in my parents' house while I'm, while I'm renovating mine and they have an Apple TV. Um, oh, yeah. There are pros and cons to all the, all the, all three of those. There's also um, the Fire Stick, which I've not worked with. I bought the very first um, Kindle Fire and was incredibly disappointed huh. in how much it was not an iPad. <laughs> that I, I've never really, I've never really given serious consideration to any other Apple hardware. I know right. that people like the you mean Am- Alexa, yeah, thing. Amazon hardware, Amazon. What what did I? It's say? Amazon. Yeah, you you've given considered to Apple hardware. I'm sure you've given them plenty of your money. Yeah, yes, of course. I'm talking <laughs> about the Apple TV. Um, I've heard recently that that Apple is finally, or Amazon is finally, whoever's holding up that agreement, they're finally going to put Amazon Fire on the Apple TV. That right. previously was one of my biggest complaints. So which Apple TV do, um, do you do they have? Do they have the older one or the new the newer model? The, the Apple TV two. What's probably the older? What's the? Uh, can you install? Can you install apps on it? And is it awesome, or is it kind of lame? That's the that's the distinction. Because <laughs> yeah. I have the newer one, we, and it's we, sweet. We can install we can install apps on it, and the remote has a really really sensitive touch area on the top half. Okay. Okay. When you say install apps, I know so many smart TVs and devices have this. Oh, but you can install apps. I have yet to find any app worthy of installing on any of those things, period, besides what comes with it. Is, I've, I've, I've never really considered different? a smart TV, partly for that reason. It yeah. seems to me yeah. like you're you're going to very quickly be behind the curve as far as technology, uh, apps, and so forth. Yeah. Um, no, the smart I mean, TV stuff is pretty lousy. It. I mean, it, it kind of like works, but to me it's like the it's the bare bones of that kind of functionality it's like yes you can stream netflix yes you can do amazon prime on here but 
Um, so I have, I have, I have everything but Roku. So I have a Chromecast. I have what, probably two or three fire sticks and two Apple TVs. Um, and you have a fire TV, so right? No, Mike's fire uh, TV? Yeah, yes. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> yeah, you see that when you come over here because you go to cast to them and you can see all the different things. Um, and <laughs> of course house. the common joke, the fire stick work like a Chromecast in the, in the casting uh, as far as interacting with your phone. Not really. Uh, you can install some stuff to make it like compatible with Chromecast onto the, onto the fire sticks, but that's not really their function. They're trying to be more like Roku or Apple TV. They're not really a cast device. They are a, they run Android, but they're, you know, they're install apps and, and do things that way kind of, deal now the reason i have a chromecast is because i have uh, or have chromecast is because i recently switched to youtube tv so instead of cable i'm using youtube tv which is uh oddly enough there's no apps for anywhere um so not on you know basically i think they're trying to sell their chromecast through youtube tv so they're like not putting apps the only way you can put it on your TV is through that, or it does support AirPlay. So you have to have Apple TV or Chromecast, period. That that was that was always my assumption for Amazon Prime. I was like, okay, well, Amazon wants you to buy Correct. their stuff, so they're not going to put it on Apple TV. Correct. So, like, you know, we have in the we don't have an Apple TV in our bedroom TV. I think, yeah, we have we have. Amazon in there, and of course Netflix is on the Amazon Fire Stick, and then we have uh, Chromecast now, so we can watch regular YouTube TV in there. And then the TV in the game room and the TV downstairs are uh, on uh, Apple TVs, so I can still send YouTube TV to them. Um, and to be honest, the Apple TV is the best one, but it is really annoying, like you were mentioning earlier, Dennis, that uh, no Amazon on it. I mean, it's just like... I have Amazon Prime. I want no, to watch freaking Amazon Prime. Exactly. I can't get it on the Apple TV. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're dealing with like the Chromecast. I've seen the Chromecast as low as twenty five dollars, and I've seen right. like the entry level, the Roku stick is like thirty five, and I assume that the Amazon devices are are similarly priced. So you're you're dealing in a complete like level of magnitude as far as cost and capability yeah um i like everything about the apple tv except as previously mentioned amazon prime and i have not as of yet figured out a way to do what i call the youtube party that you can do with a chromecast or roku does it too as long as you open the youtube app it's this sort of casting youtube from your phone so you can have any number of people queue up videos. Oh, right. Oh, right. Right. You we know what I'm talking about? We, Con, we did right? it at Gen Con at the house. Yes, yes. Right. That is true. You can't. I don't think as you far can do as I, a YouTube party on it, Apple TV. Hmm. As far as I know, Apple TV doesn't do that. But the big thing the Apple TV does that nobody else does unless you, I mean, you can cast the Chrome browser to a Chromecast, but you really need a computer to do that. Or yeah. maybe if you have one of those terrible Android phones, <laughs> um, that might work. But because of the the screen mirroring, you can play any, you know, weird international 
NFL stream or whatever that you can load in a browser on your phone onto your TV. To your TV. Yeah. And that's nice. I mean, that's a, that's a the, huge the, thing. The biggest problem I have with I mean, the cast model, the phone centric model is that my phone is always at like 3%. And so it's like, you know, <laughs> I need, I mean, I just need the app cause it's plugged in. Um, so my, yeah, but I, I don't know if that, the, if that's, the, if the that's something that's the way it happens now seem, though, right? Does sometimes feel more fragile than the, than the cast model. I feel like yeah, but, but that's sometimes not the way... when I lock my phone, the video will just stop right. working. And so I feel like I have to keep my phone open and, and working, but it's a, you know, it, it feels like a sort of balanced compromise, but none of these systems are, are complete or ideal. Is, is that, is that still true? Cause I'm almost like 90% positive that I regularly will cast Netflix to, uh, or even HBO to the, the, the Chromecast. And then I can close the app you know, get rid of it and it will still play on yes. my TV. No, no, that's, I, I, I agree with that depending on your, on your Wi-Fi. Like I've had trouble with Wi-Fi. What I mean is the, the Apple TV mirroring yes. functionality feels fragile compared to that casting oh, functionality okay. that Chromecast, that's all Chromecast does. Roku can also do it the same way. Just like you would cast to a Chromecast, you can cast to a Roku. It'll just open the app and, and play from so, there. So they're, they're fundamentally different technologies. The way Chrome, the way Chrome system works is you, when you cast, all you're really doing is sending a URL for them to go get the video and play it on the Chromecast. When you do AirPlay mirroring, you're actually, you're actually sending, having the video brought into your phone and then sent from your phone onto the TV, which is a different process. Right. It's that junction box. Right. So you guys both have, have a lot of them. I mean, I <laughs> thought I was okay, and I've just got a smart TV and a, and a Chromecast, but it, it's good to know that like you guys have both. So I can ask you, honestly, pick one. G- give, me, give me your personal favorite. Not that it's for everybody, but what you like, you, you got to throw them all away, pick one. Dennis? I mean, I think part of it, part of it depends on what you want to do. Like, we did an episode on, uh, on anime, and there are not a lot of good legal ways. Yeah, I'm I'm putting this on record. So, <laughs> like like Crunchyroll, there's Crunchyroll. There's stuff. there's Crunchyroll, um, but it has apps, and not everything's on there. There's stuff on Netflix, but the majority of like brand new this season anime is only available on websites. Adjective yeah. websites. Shady, I guess, is probably the best one. But they're, <laughs> right, yeah. they're not. They're but not no, really, I get it. They're not really that. Shady. There's, there's no way to. There's no way to get those. And so, unless you're, unless you have a computer, which you know everybody does, but unless it's easy for you to cast from your computer to your TV, if you have a laptop that you move around, like I have a MacBook I work on, but it's plugged into everything in my desktop, so I can't easily move it around, and that's. You know, that's just me in my situation. It's more convenient for me to pull that up on my phone and mirror it to an Apple TV. But so in your situation, you Apple TV, just because of that mirroring function is a good, a pretty good fit. Yeah. And I mean, you can't uh, you can't discount. Um, you also can't discount the, the price factor of it. Like, as I said, it's maybe not an order of magnitude, but it's two to three times at least more expensive than any of the other solutions 
unless maybe you're talking yeah, about the 4k roku which the 4k apple tv i think is like two or three hundred yeah. so it's really unfortunate. I'm not sure why Apple is so much more expensive. They're not that much higher quality. Well, I I don't know. I think, man. I think for what this it is, does, so you haven't got to my answer yet. Nobody nobody <laughs> nobody does the mirroring as good as Apple TV does. And as long as we're on the topic of um, gray area functionality, um, when I had uh, vintage game system emulators on my phone, they have yeah. functionality functionality in there where if you have a controller case which i don't know mike if i showed you this but i i got a controller case for my iphone and was playing game boy advance games on it namely oh cool one of the one of the original pokemon games oh nice you can set that up with an apple tv and then the controller is just the controller and you're playing on the tv just like all those old consoles you have at your house oh that's cool which That's which cool. is kind of cool, but yeah. I think I did I did the same thing. I I like the I like the midpoint compromise of the Roku devices, where they'll aside from the tab mirroring from from a browser, which so you know maybe that that puts them in the sort of the bottom of the functionality because they really won't it really won't as far as I know play stuff from a browser. Um. Yeah. It has the the Netflix, the YouTube, the Amazon Prime uh play from your phone capability while still having a physical remote that you can use to pause which is sometimes very important to me. It know. is nice. The Apple no, TV I, does I, the I, most yeah, it's also the most expensive, so. I use one with it. I mean, you, Mike? so yeah, my answer is Apple TV by at least two or three times. Like the cost is obviously worth it to me for Apple TV. Uh, I actually like using the interface, unlike any of the others, really. The okay. Amazon sticks are sluggish. Uh, the the Chromecast is fine, but you got to realize it doesn't have any interface at all other than casting. And so you yep. gotta, you're basically relying on your phone. Um, so if I only had one, it'd definitely be the, the Apple TV. I Again, we're back to price sensitivity. I don't understand how someone can spend... 90 or a hundred dollars a month on cable every freaking month right and then be yeah, upset as, that they're spending as soon as, as soon 80 dollars for a device price, to make it good i thought we're talking about tv devices here we have to like i've never paid for cable so that's that's me but right. yeah if you're in the if you're in the demographic of people who do or have paid for cable yeah an apple tv is like one two depending on how many movie packages you have it's like a couple months of cable <laughs> right. at most and you've got Netflix and, and everything else. I just think I think all the I think all those devices are cheap, right? I yeah. mean I think you're talking if you're saying, okay, I'm spending a hundred dollars for a device, uh it does a lot. It streams video for you. Uh, and and the other thing I really do like is you say you've never downloaded an app. I actually have downloaded a bunch of Apple T V apps. Uh we you know like even even different ones that provide like short n- news snippet services, um, you know, there's an ecosystem of things that are that are that are useful there. So, uh, but the problem with it is is that it it isn't complete. It's locked into their ecosystem. So you buy a movie on Amazon Prime and you're like, eh, you know, we also have Alexa devices. We have one downstairs and one upstairs, and like those things don't really talk to each other. I mean, the biggest problem I see with all of it is just like proprietary. Uh, tech that doesn't 
operate with each other. Gets in the way. I'm waiting on those. I'm waiting on those things to break down. I wish I could say, oh, my Apple TV, I really like its interface. I want to use it as the hub for these things, but I also want it. I also want to be able to say like, you know, Alexa, start this on my Apple TV and it do that, right. you know, or whatever, like, yeah. you know, and that's, or I just want to watch freaking prime on my Apple TV. So the biggest complaint I have with Apple TV is it's the best device, but it's also kind of the most locked in. And that's really frustrating. That's Apple. That's Apple. I know. That's, aside right. from what the, makes me angry about that is aside from the screen mirroring, I pay more. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's interesting. We've got two different people here. Uh, our illustrious host who is clearly a cable cutter or never had the cable and Mike, and I know you, you do still have cable yet you have the most amount of these extra things. I don't have, I, I just got rid of cable. I just got rid of cable. So you did. I'm, oh, I'm, so you're I'm, a cable cutter. I'm, I'm going to uh, go with this YouTube TV thing. I've never heard of this. It was, mm-hmm. it was YouTube TV when it opened uh, a couple months ago in the Indianapolis market, which included Bloomington, uh, that, that pushed me over the hump for it. And it's really actually very nice. I mean, uh, it's got, you know, I don't know, like 40 channels on it. Uh, it's sports heavy. So the big move for me was Big Ten Network because I want to watch IU basketball mm. games. So sure. like uh, until until BTN was available on one of the platforms, I, I wasn't ready to, to hop off. Um, it, it was on – it put – I was talking about my view glasses. There's also PlayStation view. It was, it was on there at, at, Ooh, you know, and I cool. almost, and I almost moved to that. Uh, but uh, once, once YouTube TV came out, it's, it's cheap. It has, uh, you know, unlimited DVR space. It's not really DVR. It's just, you record programs, but I love yeah. things that are, they're able to do that cable can't even like come close to. Like I can go on there and say, I want to record all IU basketball games. And it doesn't matter what channel it's on. It understands it's IU basketball and it records it. You know, stuff like that, that is just like so much more convenient and so much smarter than, you know, figuring out to record this at two o'clock on channel 47. And yeah, like, te- tagging this, functionality it, and stuff. I, I agree I mean, with your previous all that statement is awesome. about, about cross-compatibility because that's one of the things to me that makes, for example, Siri difficult to use is like it doesn't understand that I have Spotify. Like I don't want to listen to my Apple Music. I want to listen to music on Spotify, and the most it can do is right. open Spotify for me, mm. which is which is kind of annoying. Um, Mike, I don't know if we talked about this before, but do you which which uh, latest generation console do you have? I have a PS4. Okay, have you ever looked into uh, the PlayStation View? I, I have. It's it was I was super excited about it and read about it and I was like, oh my god, okay, this is where I cut the cord. Um it's not it, I don't know if it still is, but when I looked well, six, eight months ago, it was not available in my market and they were just testing it out in other places. Oh, okay. Um, I don't if it my, is that my latest console is the PS three, so I haven't really um and that's you know, in a box collecting dust somewhere because I don't I don't have a physical <laughs> right. TV accessible to me right now. Um Right, but yeah, you, you can play. You can get PlayStation View it. on your computer. On the computer, if I, then yeah, I can probably get it. I can probably get it on the PlayStation. Then I would. Well, say. you have the device, so that's the that's the main thing. I had heard good things about it, and I wasn't sure. Even Trotsky saying it reminded me of it. But well, here, here's here's where I'm at, and I'm on I'm on the the razor's edge of cord cutting, I, and there's nothing going to push me over. I think I'm going to jump here in a second. 
Uh, the other thing left is that I'm still recording Survivor and um, uh, my daughter watches My Little Pony as soon as it comes out and I watch football. But two of those things I know I can get through CBS and I can get through NFL stuff I, or I believe I can get online uh, live. So I'm ready. And this PlayStation View thing being, you know, able to, if I am able to get that, that's no brainer. I'm ready to go. Uh, Dennis and I had a whole episode about, you know, choosing our content with film, with uh, stuff. And, and I think that I'm ready to, to cast off the, the reins of cable way too late. Um, it's really interesting to see, to hear that you've done that, Mike. How does, how does your wife Betsy feel about that? Uh, she's, she likes it. Um, well, first of all, she's cheap. Um, and so <laughs> she's like, oh. Okay, yeah, sure. Whatever you want to say. That's cool. Uh, (laughs) She is happy that instead of spending, you know, $90 a month, we're spending $35 on it. Though that's not really true because, no, that is true. It's actually that much of a savings. Um, We're also buying, of course, HBO directly and Netflix and all this stuff. You're paying all the other things, right? Yeah. Uh, But uh, so she likes that. And and, and I feel like her. her, her her watching pattern is she doesn't almost what she liked about TV is that it just kept playing, you know, like she could put it on and it was in the background while right. she's doing something. And so it, I, like I don't that. think what service she had for that purpose matters. Like if it's cable, or YouTube TV, she's not like super, Oh, I need this specific channel. She's like, I just want to put something on while I'm cleaning the house yeah. or whatever. And it does that, do that great, same thing. right? It does that great. So, so it's almost like it's, it, the background noise function doesn't really matter which it's on. And yeah. then for any of our specific shows, <laughs> you know, there's not there's not that many. Um, YouTube TV has what we need between between Netflix and uh, HBO. Now that we get directly, and then and then YouTube TV, there's not there's not big things we're missing. The only thing YouTube TV kind of doesn't have is it doesn't have like TNT and TBS, uh, which I don't know. I sometimes watch Conan. Uh, but man, like I don't like, I used to watch Braves games, you know, I don't really watch those as much anymore. So there's not really any, there's not really anything that I'm missing. Right. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I mean, even when you were watching the Braves games, you weren't missing anything. So, (laughs) Man, I was a Braves fan. Stop making fun of me. <laughs> no, I hate. Uh, I think that that I'm going to absolutely look at the show notes here because I'll forget about the YouTube TV thing. But uh, I think that's one that I, I'm going to have to look into a lot now that I've heard it. I guess I just didn't. And you said you have Chromecast, right? So you're already. I do. And you actually, when you sign up for YouTube TV, you if once you pay for your first month, you get another free Chromecast. Chromecast. What's, what's the pricing model on that? Is it ten dollars? I think it's. What, the cost a month? No, it's thirty nine. Thirty nine a month? No, it's thirty five. Yeah, a month. YouTube, YouTube TV is like thirty five dollars a month. Ooh. You just well, how much are you paying for? How much are you paying for cable? No, I, the thing is, getting rid of cable, I would I would cut about sixty seventy dollars, but I'd pick up two or three other things that were ten to twenty dollars a piece. So my savings right now is only about thirty five bucks. Wait, what would you pick up? I'd pick up CBS, um, and I'd uh, pick up Hulu, probably. Oh yeah, see, I don't have Hulu. I I don't have Hulu or CBS. I just have YouTube. Although I TV. really hate Hulu. You, you would have to check course- and see what's on Hulu that wouldn't be on this YouTube TV. 
I mean, it's I different. There's a lot of, there's a, yeah, that's true. That's that's true. It's different. The things that are on Hulu, the difference with Hulu is that you can watch past shows more like Netflixy. The YouTube TV is like live TV. Like you turn it on right. and TV's on. You can have a DVR if you choose to follow a show. Like you'll get shows in the future, but those actually drop off after nine months or something, right? If you don't watch them, so like it's it's. It's longer um, than the Hulu window a lot of times. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Like like my my experience with Hulu was like, oh, I can like watch, I can catch up on some stuff. This is this is like you're flipping through the channels. And in fact, the interface for it um, you know, is like you you're on the app and you like swipe up through and you and every time you swipe you're looking at another channel. It f- reminds me of like channel surfing, right? It's yeah. it's like optimized around that idea. Like here's what's on TV right now. So CBS, for example, is on there, but of course the new Star Trek is not or whatever because it's not on. It's broadcast CBS. I don't think yes. you need Hulu and and YouTube TV, but maybe maybe you do. You you probably want HBO, and and maybe the CBS thing if you if you really love Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, I mean, right. CBS for me is is well. I mean, I guess it would come with the the YouTube is like watching Survivor and um, uh, Amazing Race. Those things are my stupid little catches. Well, it sounds like the but, normal oh, TV well, stuff but, will be on YouTube TV. Which yeah, somewhat yeah. YouTube TV will get you those. It feels it feels yeah. completely contrary to the the original spirit of YouTube. Right, like free video. Yeah, it is weird because it's called YouTube TV and it's not anything like YouTube at all. It's not you. Not even a little. It's not your tube. There's no there's no you in it. You. It's the broadcast right. network sending right. you stuff. And yeah, yeah it is, but uh, they had to do something to get in the TV game. So what I mean, Google's got to play in it. They might as well brand it. Like they could have yeah. called well, it Google I think maybe, TV, maybe. Uh, come January is the time that I'm going to cut it. Now, I think we'll have we'll, Dennis and I will we'll probably come by and talk about this a little bit more. My you know, before and after feelings where, you know, what I sign up for and sure, after all sure. these discussions we've had and have to go through that. Hey, Mike, I really appreciate you coming on. Anytime. And it's been like a super uh, good time and love to have you back some other time. Anytime. Uh, but I think our time's wrapping up, fellas. I think we've uh, done all the damage we can do to this week. Until next time, everybody, I'm Michael Daniels. And I'm Mike Trusky. And I'm Dennis Rogers for The Front Porch. See you next time. Thank you.